you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Master Plan. I'm your host, Michael Fulpkowski. Joining me here today once again is Andrew Roberts. Joining me for the National League preview. And this, uh, these probably, I have to say, there are episodes that I do every year. This, these, this set of episodes, the MLB preview, has to be up there for some of my favorite episodes. I don't know. I love them. I love doing them. I think they're very fun to listen to. Um, so these are my favorite episodes to do, especially. I just I have a lot of fun with it. So we're gonna start off with East, Central, and then West. Should be a lot of fun. Um, and Andrew, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do. This. All right, let's do it. So let's start off with the East, and let's start off with the. I think it would be only appropriate to start off with the World Series champions of last season, the Atlanta Braves. So obviously they lost Freddie Freeman, but they got Matt Olson, I think, or is it yeah, Matt? It was Matt yeah, Matt Olson. That, that's a good replacement, not necessarily Freeman level, but he's right, one of the better first basemen of baseball. Yeah, not everyone's going to be Freeman level, but Andrew, tell us a little bit about the Braves. What are your expectations? What do, what do you think about them, you know, after the World Series? What, what, what are your expectations for them this season? Yeah, so I don't think, like, you've had teams that won the World Series and then had a huge drop-off the next year. I don't really see that from the Braves. Mm-hmm. I think they did lose Freddie Freeman, but they were able to fill that gap with Matt Olson, And they're actually going to get, most likely, later in the season, Mike Soroka probably going to be coming back, so that'll give a boost to their already strong rotation. Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Charlie Morton. Yeah. Very strong pitching staff, and might lack depth early in the year without Soroka, but I'm still confident in their pitching staff. And this lineup, while it may take a slight step back from last year, is still very strong. Obviously, you still got Ronald Acuna Jr. Mm-hmm. and you still have Ozzy Albies, Matt Olson, a lot of good bats. Right, in this and and I think yeah, and I think what's crucial is that you know Ozzy Albies or not Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr. got injured last season, so he yeah, and they still and, made it as far as they did. Right, so I think that you know while they lose Freddie Freeman, they also didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr. playing all of the end of last season, pretty much. So. The way I think about it is I look at it and I say to myself, well, I mean, I know they lost Freddie Freeman, but they also were down arguably their second best player for the entire World Series drought. So who's to say that they can't run it back? They're still a very talented team. Um, It's obviously very hard to run it back, 
But I think there's, you know, I think there's competition in the East, but I do think that they are one of the top teams in the East. Yeah, and um, for sure. Surprise breakout star Austin Riley, I think, might be your guy. He's showed some promise over the first couple of years, but he was a top prospect, and I still expect him to reach that full potential in the coming years. So yeah, look out for him. Let's go to the team that finished second in the division last year, the Phillies. Um, and quite honestly. I really I like the Phillies. I think that they're a really solid team. Uh, Andrew, what, what's your take on the Phillies this season? So, I personally have them third in the division. I'll get to why later, but I still think they're a solid playoff contender because Bryce Harper was back into at least close to MVP form last year. I expect that to, I expect that to continue this year. I mean, it took him a couple of years to adjust to Philadelphia, but now I think he's in a good spot, and they also got Nick Castellanos from the Reds, so right. that's another really strong, almost MVP level bat, and you have Reese Hoskins, too, that's a great trio in the lineup, and I think similar to the Braves, they have some decent arms, there's some pretty good arms in the rotation, maybe lacking depth at the end, but overall, I think this is a very talented roster, and while this team has disappointed in previous years. This might be the year that they finally can make it into the playoffs now that there's six teams in it. Mm. I like their chance. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember that, you know, the Phillies never have a deep deep bullpen or deep starting rotation. That's like their M.O. Why, you know, I don't really know, but that's just kind of how they play. Um, they just don't make the moves necessary. They really, they really don't value pitching, I think, as much as they should. But Yeah, yeah. But but I digress. Like, yeah, I, I think that overall, right, the Phillies are a very strong team. And I think that in this division, you know, it really is going to come down to the next team that we talk about, whether they make a, a strong case this season. Because if they do, then I think the Phillies are third, like you said. And if they don't, then I think they'll be second. And that next team, and, and before we get to the next team, I think that the Phillies, again, as you said, they have some great bats. They made a really strong case at the end of last season. Um, but I think pitching depth is something that's really crucial in the MLB. And I think it's something that we see season after season after season come up. They're what we call a bat team, right? There are some bat teams and there are some arm teams, right? And, you know, I know, you know, some people think some ways about some teams and some ways about other teams. I think a lot of people think that the Red Sox are – uh, only, you know, only a bad team, and I think that's that's inaccurate. I think you got a strong pitching rotation with the Red Sox, and it's both. Right, and I think with the Phillies, you know, you're definitely, you know, you definitely have pitchers, but you're going to be relying on those pitchers to stay healthy, as well as to perform well. And so you kind of need both of those things to happen. You need Zach Wheeler at his best. You need Aaron Nola at his best. Mm-hmm. And so far, that hasn't happened. So we'll we'll ultimately we'll see what happens. Um, but I do like the Phillies this season. I don't. I'm not quite sure whether on will they finally end up, but they'll probably be in the mix of the playoff conversation. Moving on to the team that is plagued every year by injuries, and the reason why we do the NL second and the AL first is because I want to give extra time for the Mets to you know have injuries and stuff like that. And of course. 
I believe between, I don't know if it was between the recording of this episode and the last one or, or very recently, but obviously so we, Jacob deGrom is officially going to be, his start is going to be delayed for the season. It's very unclear how long he will be sitting on the bench, Andrew. Um, and as well, Max Scherzer now experiencing what calf tightness. So two aces, two of the best pitchers to ever grace the, the game of baseball may be out for the start of the season for the Mets. And in that case, it's a completely different team. But break us, break the Mets down for us. What, what do you think their chances are this season? Okay, hear me out. So I know that they've lost Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer to injuries already. But this Mets team, different from recent years, is built with the depth necessary to make up for all these injuries. This rotation behind DeGrom and Scherzer, I'd say you have five, maybe six guys that are capable starters if necessary. You have those younger arms like David Peterson, like Tyler McGill, and Trevor Williams. They're, they're back-end rotation depth that could come in handy if DeGrom and Scherzer remain injured. And I think I think this lineup has a decent amount of depth, too. They have Tito Alonso and Francisco Lindor, obviously your big-name players, but I think there's a lot of bench guys that could definitely fill in if necessary. Guys like Dominic Smith, guys like Andres Jimenez. Yeah, it's, it's a very deep team, and They've been working over the last couple of off-seasons since Steve Cohen brought the team to perform like the big market team they have, they are. And right, that they are. Last off-season, last off-season, they were able to get the big-name players, but then they all got injured and they had no depth. This off-season, they've built that foundational depth, and now I think that's going to make the difference and allow the Mets to make the playoffs, potentially go deep. Right. And I, and I honestly, I mean, I, I think the Mets every season have a good team, right? I mean, I, there's no doubt that the Mets... At least recently. There, were a t- there was a time when the Mets were not very good. But... <laughs> this is true, but recently they've been good. But I think, you know, with the Mets, I mean, first off, the biggest concern for me is Edwin Diaz. The biggest concern. Or as they call him in New York, Ed Luz Diaz. Because he does blow especially last season, he blew a lot of save opportunities. And that's a big concern. When he's good, he's good. The but, problem is he's so terribly inconsistent. And that's a problem for any competitive team. Because if you can't, if I can't trust the guy at the end of the rotation, the guy who's going to bring a 3-2 game home, there are going to be a lot of run, you know, close games in the league. So that's my first major concern. Obviously, the Mets are... A, I, Definitely a little bit cursed, I would say. Um, I do think that I they'll take a step for forward. Um, the hope for them is that their talent can get them in a position where Diaz doesn't need to save as many games. Right, right. He needs to be able to – exactly. I mean, you know, the Mets can definitely win games. Last season they started off – they had a hot start last season. As you know, they were first in the division for a long time, and then they – really, really tapered off. Um, but they can definitely achieve that sort of thing. It's 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 going to come down to whether they do or don't. But, uh, you know, I, I expect big things in the Mets this year. I mean, this is kind of the – I mean, every year, you know, with a roster like this, you have to expect big things. So 
I have so many friends who are Mets fans who are just so frustrated with the disappointment year after year, and they can only hope that this is their year to break the break the so-called curse and finally live up to expectations. Well, we shall see about that one. Um, <laughs> we shall see. All right, moving on to the last two teams in the division. We'll we'll go. Where do you want to go, Andrew? Where 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 do you want to go next? I mean, let's go to. Uh, this is a pretty close call for who's going to be fourth, who's going to be fifth. I personally have the Nationals slightly ahead, so we can start with that. I see. I have the Nationals slightly ahead too, which is surprising because I think so, there are definitely quite a few people out there who do have the Marlins ahead. But yeah, sure. The Nationals are definitely a rebuilding team, but I think they still have a foundation of talent. This is going to be a shorter rebuild than some of those like complete reconstructions. Right, it's time. really not a complete reconstruction because yeah, you're starting off have, with Juan Soto. Yeah, they still have yeah Juan Soto and also Josh Bell. That duo is going to keep this lineup at least in decent standing. Now, I don't think they have a lot of other good bats in this lineup right now, but that's their long-term plan to keep the lineup strong. Oh, and you have Victor Robles, too. So yeah. those three guys will keep it strong. And then this rotation is also a work in progress. Hopefully, Steven Strasburg can stay healthy because when he's healthy, he's a good ace. But Right. He, no, he truly is. He's been injured for the past few seasons. Obviously, if Juan Soto... And I think yeah, that the, at least the, at least the Nats are a well-run team. Maybe they're not like a great like team to play, but they're a very well-run team. Um, so I do like a lot, like a lot of parts of, of the Nationals, but like, they're not a playoff team. They're not going to be close. Um, they won't be buyers or sellers at the deadline. They'll just, they're going to, you know. I think, yeah, they'll stand, maybe, maybe if like, well, Cesar Hernandez gets hot, they'll send them off. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I think they're probably mostly going to hold at the deadline keep developing the talent in the farm system and, and really just, you know, move, move ahead with that. You know, as for the Marlins, um, again, very young roster, right? Definitely. And, you know, last season was definitely a letdown after the season before where they made the, the playoffs during COVID. A small sample size, you have to remember. Right. So we'll, we'll see what's happening. Andrew, what, like what? The Orioles that year were even good. Like, right. I don't even so, so what's your take on the Marlins then, Andrew? What what are your expectations? Is this more of a another year in the rebuild, or is the light, you know, are we closer to the end of the tunnel, or are we closer to the the beginning of the tunnel? I think we're kind of in the middle because mm-hmm. when you, when you look at a team like the Tigers, I think they're a team that can make a playoff push at the end of the year, not necessarily make it, but at least be in the mix. The Marlins. I'm maybe a year behind that. I think this is a 2021 Tigers-like season where they start to round the corner, but they're not quite there yet. I think, yeah, they have a really good foundation for pitching with Trevor Rogers, Sixto Sanchez, getting to get some major league experience. Mm-hmm. Are, uh, yeah, they have a lot of good arms in this rotation, and that's going to win them some games right there. But I want to see a little bit more out of the bats in the lineup before this team can be a playoff contender. And I think we're going to start to see some guys start to blossom this year. Maybe Jazz Chisholm Jr. can have a breakout year, but it's not going to be enough for a playoff run just yet. Look to 2023 to see them contend for the playoffs. 
And I'm saying the Tigers could be World Series contenders next year. They're a little bit ahead of the Marlins, but I don't know if that'll be the case for Miami next year, but I'd say playoff contender next year, and this year is kind of like last year for the Tigers. So they're maybe a year behind on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think that, at least for like from my perspective, right? The kind of the way I see it is that, you know, I think that, f- and this is my perspective, but I almost expect the Marlins just to kind of be bad this year. I really don't expect them to do anything, um, you know, and and maybe that's a crude way of saying it, but that's the way I feel about it. That's very well possible. I think at the start of the year, you're going to be very right. But towards the end, they're going to at least show some signs of growth. Well, that that's that's what we hope to see, right? That's what we hope to see from this team, right? I mean, I think if, if they're not improving, then I think that's a serious cause for concern. But we yeah. expect a team that's rebuilding to improve by the end of the season, right? A team I, like in I this stage. Know. I still blame Derek Jeter and the management. I think, quite honestly, they rebuilt this team too early. They could have made a, a playoff push with Stanton and Yelich and that whole core, but they decided to tear it down, and here we are. So, like, if they rebuilt too early, that could be a problem because then you're, you're forcing guys into the majors who aren't ready to play. <laughs> well, if you're rebuilding too early, it's like, well, what was the point of yeah. even rebuilding in the first place? Exactly. Exactly. So, because if you rebuild too early, there's like, you're risking having to rebuild again. Later. Right. And it's, it's just kind of silly. Yeah. All right. That's the East. Let's move on to the Central. And I think kind of both Central divisions, at least recently, have been more uncompetitive than competitive. I don't really know why that is. But and I know people will talk about the Brewers. I I don't like the Brewers. I think that the Brewers are a a team that is way too arm and not enough bats. And I think we saw that in the postseason last season. And honestly, because I'm talking about the Brewers, let's start off with the Brewers because yeah. you know they are they are a very talented team. But I think the way that I I view the Brewers is that listen, they're a great they're a great team. They have great talent, especially in the in, in you know arm wise, but I don't know if they have enough bat talent to get it done this year. Andrew, take on the Brewers. Your take on okay. this. So last year, I was a lot lower on the Brewers than everybody else. Last year, I had them finishing last in this division. So I, I have learned that that was the wrong take last year. I don't think they take this division, but I think they are going to give – they are going to at least be in the run. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think – it really comes down to if their pitching staff can live up to what they did last year. Can Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta keep up those ERAs under three and when, when they had never done anything close to that before last year? And then the other thing that we're watching for is can Christian Yelich return to MVP form? I have a lot of faith in Christian Yelich personally. Me too. I think the lineup is going to be stronger than people expect. It's going to be a more balanced team than people expect. And that will be good for them, but it's a tough National League. There's, I'd say, probably eight, maybe nine teams competing for six playoff spots, and I expect the Brewers to be in the mix, but they're going to fall just short. I yeah, I mean, the Brewers are a tough team to get a read on sometimes. You know, it, 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 
on one hand, you're like, well, you know, right. Last year, it's like, well, you know, they were such, you know, their, their pitching staff was so great. Why can't they do that again this year? And then the other hand, it's like, those guys have never done that before. So can we really expect them to do that again this year? It's like, shown signs of potential in the minors. Corbin Burns kind of came out of nowhere, but it's hard to trash on him. He was in the Cy Young running, so I do have faith in those two. Maybe the back-end guys take a step back, like Hauser and Lauer, but beyond that, I do think it's a good pitching set. Yeah, I mean, it really is, and, and I think the bats, again, need to get going a little bit more, but the Brewers overall are a strong team, and as you said, Definitely expect them to be in the mix for the playoffs again this season. Let's take it to the team that I think most people would expect to win the division this season, and that would be the St. Louis Cardinals. I'd be right there. That's my division winner. Um, this team had the as arg had well not arguably had the best infield last season. I think that it had what like four Gold Glove winners or three Gold Glove winners in that infield. Very which, good defensive infield. Right. I'll say. Very good defensive infield. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado um, are the big names, but obviously they have plenty of other guys on that roster yeah, who contribute. Well. Um, you know, obviously, I think – is Yadier Molina going to play again this year? I, I think he is. You're I gonna think have, so. You're going to have Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, and Adam Wainwright all coming back together on one team, the 2011 World Series reunion. And I think – that's gonna be a good part. That's gonna be. Where's Matt Holiday? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's gonna be a big part of kind of the team chemistry, the clubhouse. Andrew, where's that's David Freeze? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I wish they had more of those guys. Unfortunately, a lot of them retired. But yeah, unfortunately, most of those guys weren't good after that season. So. Yeah, that are still stuck around are going to be big for team chemistry. For I agree. The core of the team. But really, the focus now is going to be on Paul Goldschmidt. It's going to be on Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill. They have a lot of. They still have a lot of good, legitimate bats in this lineup. Even with some older guys surrounding them, they have that nice younger core starting to come together. It's a great balance of kind of the old and the new with this team. Right. And the rotation, while it doesn't have any standout names, it's a deep rotation. I respect it. And deep rotations go far in the MLB. I'll yes, say that. Yes. You know, if you have guys, if you have five guys who can get up there and win you games, that's something that a lot of people, you know, look past. And they're like, well, who's your ace? And it's like, it's not always about the ace. It's about, you know, Wainwright winning like 20 games last season, right? There's a difference. So I love the Cardinals. Yeah. Again, like Wainwright, Nicolas, Flaherty, they can all kind of do some of the things that an ace would do. And they have Mats and Hudson on the back end. So it's, it's a great, it's a solid group. And mm -hmm. this infield obviously is very strong defensively. I am not as confident in Edmund and DeJong at the plate, but it's definitely going to be enough them to win this division yeah i mean the cardinals are that team that's always in the mix every single season just because of yep. of how they're managed and how they play so even when they rebuilt they were a 500 team right like, i don't know if you remember they're 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 talented all right let's move on to let's move on to the reds because i do like the reds a lot their offseason was 
interesting though. I, I, I think their offseason was it was odd because you would have expected them to, you know, sign some guys, take a step forward, and instead it seems like they signed, but they also released some guys. So Andrew, talk to us about Cincinnati. This team is starting to remind me of teams like the Rays, teams like the A's. They're always subtracting every offseason. And I don't know if they can pull it off the same way the Rays and A's have because they don't have that. They don't necessarily have the front office and the management to match what those teams have been doing. This rotation is going to start off. They do have Louis Castillo and Mike Miner, but they're both injured. It's going to start off with a lot of young pitchers with very minimal experience in the rotation and that could be a bit of a concern because you don't know you really there's no guarantees with any of those guys who are who have had such small sample sizes in the mm-hmm. MLB. I do like Joey Votto. He's definitely going to be the highlight of I think he's still going to be the highlight of this lineup. He's What about Derek Dietrich? I mean yeah, um, there there are some other there are some other talented players around him, mm-hmm. I, but I think depth is a problem with this team now that they traded away Suarez, Jesse Winker. And Castellanos. Yeah, and Castellanos. Yeah, so you're going to have some questionable bats at the back end of the lineup, questionable guys at the back end of the rotation, and I don't think this team finishes anywhere above 500. I still think they'd be out the Cubs and Pirates, but that's not much of an accomplishment. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the Reds definitely are taking a step back this season. Let's move on to the Cubs, another team in the throes of a post-World Series rebuild. Andrew, break it down for us. So they got rid of Chris Bryant. They got rid of Javier Baez. They got rid of Anthony Rizzo all at the deadline last year. And they're definitely going to be feeling the effects of that this year. I mean, they do have they do have a nice farm system starting to develop that will take the place of those guys. They have guys like Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, who showed promise at the end of last year. But I still think this lineup really lacks those big-name bats. I mean, when Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras are your best hitters, you know you have a problem. Like, I really don't trust those guys. And... The rotation, I have some respect for because they did sign Marcus Stroman. They still have Kyle Hendricks, but I don't think this team is going to go very far if they can't score runs on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's uh, I, I think that's a big problem for the Cubs. I mean, they're going from a team that was essentially, you know. A World Series had all these very talented players, and then obviously after that, after their World Series win, they 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 came up very short in the next few seasons, and it and it came down to you know the 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 forcible rebuild, and it was unfortunate to see, but you know we don't expect much out of the Cubs this season. They just gotta you know deal with the the post World Series woes. And as for the Pirates, we don't really need to talk too much about the Pirates because. The Pirates be the Pirates. They don't spend money. Um, they don't do anything, okay. really. I, I'm a Pirates fan, and it's it sucks, honestly, because I want the Pirates to win. I want them to win games. I want, you know, the, yada, yada, yada. 
but they don't spend enough money, so they're never going to be a team that's going to do anything special like that. This rotation severely concerns me. I do not see one name in here that I trust. One guy I will give you, this lineup doesn't have much promise either, but one potential breakout, Brian Hayes, a top prospect. I could see a step forward from him alongside Brian Reynolds, but that's not going to be nearly Listen, enough. this is a team last year that didn't know how to tag out a person at first base, all right? That's a problem, all right? When the ball is thrown to first base and the first baseman runs to tag down the runner instead of just stepping on first base, that should tell you everything you need to know about the Pirates as an organization. So I'm going to leave it at that. We're going to take a short break. After this, we're going to talk about the West, and then we're going to break down our full predictions at the end of the episode. Stay tuned, because the episode is about to get really, really good. Welcome back. Let's talk about the NL West, a division that last year we had one team who we thought was going to be very good, and they were. Another team who we thought would be very good, and they weren't. And a team who we didn't think would be very good, and they were. Let's start off with the best team in the NL, in my opinion. I think in Andrew's opinion as well. Best the, team in all baseball, in my opinion. Well, outside of the Red Sox, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Andrew, what is up with the Dodgers? They just, like, this team was already unbelievably stacked last year, and they just found a way to one-up themselves. They signed Freddie Freeman, who's one of the I, – I'd argue one of the best hitters in baseball, when they already have two former MVP winners. They have Mookie Betts. They have Cody Bellinger. They have just so much talent. They got Trey Turner. <laughs> Like, the lineup is one thing. This rotation is on another level. Danny Duffy, he was the Royals' ace last year. They signed him to be their number five starter. Their number five starter. And this is, they have David Price in the bullpen. This is getting a little bit ridiculous here. Like, I think any guy in their rotation could be an ace on most other teams. Said well. I mean, listen, that's the Dodgers. They're going to spend a lot of money, and they're going to see the results of that but i think we saw last season that just because you spend the money doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the results right doesn't doesn't necessarily correlate to hey i mean a, a world series right last last year this team i think was beatable at least this year i think they've won up themselves to the point where I honestly do not see anybody stopping the Dodgers unless there's injuries, unless there's a significant drop-off from a good number of players on the roster. It would take a lot of bad luck, I think. Well, injuries roster. always happen, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do deal with injuries. I mean, you know, it yeah. seems that every like, super... Like, in a vacuum, the Dodgers are... Yes, but hey, running. Andrew, every, you know, listen, the reason why I'm so hesitant, not because I don't think the Dodgers are a great team. I do. But... Often what happens with super teams like this is the hype of the offseason doesn't usually translate into the hype during the season. Look at the Lakers, AD, LeBron, Westbrook. They yeah, might... The Lakers and the Nets this year. Right, both. right. Lakers might miss the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's crazy, right? Especially when 10 teams get into you know some form of the draw. So I think that to say outright that a super team is – guaranteed anything i think is you know is is she shouldn't say that and i'm not saying you did by the way but i am saying that the dodgers are very good but 
who knows what can happen. The MLB is funky. Funky things happen all the time. But they are undoubtedly extremely, extremely good. On paper, they're the best team. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they just they have incredible bats. They have incredible pitching. And it's it's hard to, to stop a team like that. Like, they keep adding. Yeah. Let's talk about the Padres, a team that really underperformed last season. And I don't think that they're going to be as good as we expected them to be last season. I think they're probably going to be, be – you know, maybe a playoff team, maybe not, though. Andrew, what are your expectations for the Padres? I think it's really going to come down to how much they can do without Fernando Tatis and how they recover from that. Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be out till June, mm-hmm. and without him, I do not have a huge amount of faith in this lineup. Obviously, the rotation has a lot of great arms, not quite Dodgers level, but still a very strong rotation. I just I'm a little bit concerned that this team isn't going to score enough runs early in the season, and then they could find themselves in a position where they're playing catch up with the other teams in the National League, and that could cause them to fall short of the playoffs. But I definitely think they will by the end of the year end up in the mix. I, I do compare it to the Tigers in the American League a little bit, but I've talked so much about the Tigers this episode, but. I do say they have a slightly higher chance at the playoffs than Detroit just because they have the foundation there, even without Tatis. It's just not going to be, it's not necessarily going to be as flashy until he's back. And that could be a problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. And I think that quite honestly, um, quite honestly, well, this is hard to say, but I just don't think the Padres are a very good team. I think that they made a lot of like they made a lot of pitching moves, moves that but... haven't panned out whatsoever, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that I like the Padres. They're they seem very flashy and they have great big names. I don't think that those big names. I, I mean, aside from Tatis, who's out till June. Right, I just don't think that big names are gonna uh, those big names are gonna come through. So, I my my thinking is that I don't think that they're a playoff team. My personal opinion, I just don't think they are. Yeah, I I have them missing the playoffs, but it could go either way. They're right on the line. Yeah, I just the way they performed last season, I just don't know. They're gonna need guys to overperform, and I don't know if they have that sort of depth this on this is team. Kind of a last minute change I made, taking the Padres out of my playoff predictions. But... All right, let's move on to the Giants. What do you think of the Giants? Huge season last season, but they lost some pieces. What are your expectations this season? Now, I want to believe. I want to believe that the guys that came through for the Giants last year, like Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, these older players that have kind of at a resurgence, I want to believe that they will keep it up this year. But I don't think you can necessarily guarantee that. This rotation is still, I think, regardless of that, going to be a very strong rotation. They did sign Carlos Rodon from the White Sox. That's a huge addition to replace Kevin Gosman, who's headed out. And there's a lot of depth behind that, too, so that's going to help them for sure. If this lineup stays as strong as it was last year with all those older guys coming through. I mean, they lost Buster Posey, but most of the older guys still here. If it does, this team could be making a deep playoff run. If not, 
I could still see them being a playoff team, but I would not see them going very far. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I think that I, I, I don't know what to expect of the Giants this season because they lost Gaussman, huge loss. And I just, it seems like last year was a fluke to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to think of the Giants. Sir, it's it's the question of whether last year was a fluke or whether like 2020, 2019, all those years before were a fluke with these guys like Belt, Longoria, Crawford. Were they Yastrzemski, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's talk about the Rockies who made a, probably the weirdest two sets of moves I've ever seen. Um, dealing away Trevor Story and then I forget they signed, what's his name? Yeah, they signed Chris Bryant, dealt away, dealt away Trevor Story. So, really odd, I think. Andrew, what is your take on that? So, yeah, they, they are making some questionable moves. But what I will say about the Chris Bryant move, I'm not necessarily saying the Rockies are a playoff team, but Chris Bryant, he put up good numbers in Chicago. And I think it was the Giants he went to at the end of the season. But, yeah, Chicago and the Giants. He put up good numbers there. I think he had like an E12 OPS. I expect even better in Colorado. When you're bringing in a bat of his caliber to Coors Field, I think you could see an explosion. This is the opportunity for him to put up an MVP-type season. And even with that, I don't think this is a playoff team because there's the Rockies – are never a strong pitching team, I think partially because of Coors Field, partially because... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to be a strong pitching team in, in, in Mile High. I mean, I think that's that goes with the territory. Yeah, and the other thing is, outside of Chris Bryant, you don't have, you don't know what's going to happen with the rest of this lineup. Charlie Blackman is starting to get older, decline a little bit, and you don't know if C.J. Crone is going to do anything. Listen, the Rockies are... They only... They only sign enough players to keep some sort of relevance to get fans in the stadium so that fans aren't terribly mad at them, but they're never going to spend big money to get into the playoffs. They're not rock bottom either. They're just kind of in that awkward in-between. But but they're not rebuilding and they're not declining. They're just – they're okay with being in that in-between for some odd reason. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it might have to do with their market. It's like – it's not like the smallest market in baseball, but it's also not the biggest. So it's really, of- you know, Denver may not be, or Colorado may not be, a baseball market, and that is very yeah. possible. Yeah, it's more of a football Finally, let's talk about the Diamondbacks, just briefly, because really the entire team is Cattell Marte. Everyone else, I mean, you I could... I mean, you could just fill in the names of the rest of the guys, and no one would know. And I acknowledge that that was probably a little bit insensitive, but I also don't really care. So, um, listen, the Diamondbacks aren't good. They know that, though. They're rebuilding. Um, Andrew, expectations for the Diamondbacks this season? Any at all? If, and if any at all? I mean, you got to give a little bit of credit to the pitching staff because I think they do have some talented names in there between Bumgarner and Zach Gallen, but... I, my expectations for them are on the floor. I'll say tomorrow, we're, we're having a little fancy baseball draft tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to be interested in one single player from the Diamondbacks this year. That's what, I think every other team, there's a guy that 
I'd potentially look out for. The Diamondbacks are not on that list. Aside from maybe Marte or Peralta, but beyond that, yeah, I'm just I do not have a lot of faith. Yeah, you know, the Diamondbacks are a, you know, they're a bad team. It sucks because Arizona really does not have any good, well, they have the Suns, but the Coyotes and the Diamondbacks are both horrible teams. So the Cardinals, they're just, I don't even know. Right. Who knows what they are? Um, All right, let's break down our predictions. So, Andrew, we'll start off with East. I'm going to take the Braves. Andrew, who do you have? I have the Braves as well. The Central, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Yep, I will take the Cardinals too. Same as last year, and I took. I'm gonna take the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers easily in the West. So we agree. I think. And and do you want to run through your? And we'll run through the AL after this briefly. Um. For your first wild card team, who who is it gonna be? All right. <laughs> Call me crazy here because they always tend to disappoint. But I have the Mets as my first. That's wildcard. who I have. I got the Mets as well. Oh, All right. You said you weren't gonna put them in the playoffs. You know, I said that, and then and then I realized that I already did that with the Angels and some other good teams. So I have to, you know, switch it up. So I'm gonna put the Mets in there for your second wild card team, Andrew. Who I'm are you gonna Giants. pick? You're gonna pick the Giants. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take the Brewers. Interesting. Interesting. And finally, who are you gonna put in? My third is going to be the Phillies. The Phillies. See, right now I'm deciding between the Phillies and the Giants. Hmm. That's a tough one. Definitely a tough one. And then you also have the Padres. I'm not putting the Padres in. You know what? Philadelphia fans have been talking trash to me. Let's go with the Giants. All the way, baby. All right, and Andrew, we'll run through our AL predictions really quick. So I have the Red Sox winning the East, White Sox winning the Central, Astros winning the West, Blue Jays, Yankees, Mariners, wild card one through three. Andrew? I have the Blue Jays winning the East, White Sox in the Central. I had the Angels in the West, and my wild cards were the Red Sox, the Yankees. Actually, I think I had Yankees, Red Sox, and then Astros. I can't believe we both are putting the, the Rays outside the playoffs. That yeah, is a concern. Well, I mean, yeah, on paper, they're never a playoff team, but we, we know they're probably going to make it. So, so we're probably just shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you want to throw the Rays in, you should throw the Rays in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I have them as the first team out of the playoffs. That is your MLB preview for the season. We'll be back at some point during the season to break down what's been happening for everybody. But at the moment, this is what we believe is going to happen to the best of our extent. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on. And have a great day. The game on the line. One shot. Who would you rather have taking it? Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State. Open shot. Fate of the universe on the line. Or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth. You better hit it. I want Iguodala.